You're listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim. To find out more, go to calvaryanaheim.org. And now, here's Pastor James. Now, in John chapter 6, and you guys can turn there, John chapter 6, the people have come to hear him speak. There's a large congregation of people. 5,000 men are there, not including women and children, and they're hungry. And the disciples say, send them away so they can go get something to eat. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And so (laughs) there's the loaves and the fishes, and Jesus takes them, and he begins to hand them out, and he multiplies the food and all the people eat and they're filled. And so they're all going around looking for Jesus. And they're remembering back their their ancestors in the wilderness, how they lived for 40 years simply by going out and gathering the food that came from heaven. Hey, do that again, Lord, but we do like loaves and fish. And so they're looking for him. And they finally find him. And they're kind of trying to to get him to do more miracles like this and provide for them. And and he says, hey, don't, don't labor for the food that perishes, but that which endures unto everlasting life. And then he says in John 6, 48, go ahead and look at verse 48. We're in John 6, verse 48. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Verse 52. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat? Oh, man, we're going to be cannibals now? This is disgusting. Here, have a bite. Have a finger. And they're going, this is kind of weird and gross. And what's he talking about? Verse 53, then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat my flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Verse 56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So Jesus is telling them, you got to eat me and you got to drink my blood if you want to live forever. And we think about physical food. You know, food is ingested. You got to take it in. We got to take it into our mouth, and we begin to chew it, to break it down right away. And and then our salivatory gland, right, kicks in, and we got the saliva to moisten it, make it easier to swallow, or even possible to swallow. 
and then we bring it down and it comes down our esophagus into our stomach where it begins to be digested, right? The body releases the enzymes and acids and other things or different types of enzymes and so forth and breaks it down so that it can be absorbed into the body, into the bloodstream and distributed throughout the body, all the different parts and muscles and growth and movement, motion, through cellular respiration. It's the energy source for both movement and for growth. And it's the material that makes up our bodies. And so we literally are what we eat. And so you can only do as much as what you eat. We become one with our food. Well, we must spiritually ingest Jesus. Say, Jesus, come into my life and, and digest him as we get in the word, as we're in prayer, as we're having time with him, as we're chewing on the word of God, so to speak, and letting it absorb into the fabric of our spiritual being then it becomes the, the building blocks for our spiritual growth and for the energy of ministry, whether it be in the home or out in the world. The energy, if we try to do it apart from Jesus, we burn out. We run out of fuel. But if we've got that constant flow of Jesus, oh, the blessings and the energy that comes with him with relationship with him. And so after Jesus speaks of these things and doesn't yet give the spiritual connection, the disciples are questioning him. Jesus, what are you talking about here? What's going on? People are walking away. They're leaving you. And Jesus says in verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. They are life. So the bread, the word of God, Jesus Christ himself, was available to these people, but it was not nutritious to them. Why? Well, because there was no water. They weren't chasing down the bread with water. In other words, it wasn't mingled with faith or spiritually discerned. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Hebrews 4, 2 says, For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Speaking of the children of Israel in the wilderness, they were given the word of God. God spoke to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Why? not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. It is possible to read the word of God even every day, to memorize it and know it, and still it does not profit because it is not mingled with faith. Have you met people that seem to know the scriptures inside and out, but you look at their lives and they're just given over to sin? Sin has wreaked havoc on their lives. And you're like, how can this person be in the Word and know it so well 
and yet it doesn't seem to impact their lives. It's because they're not reading it mingled with faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are, what? Spiritually discerned. In order for us to spiritually benefit from Bible reading, the Holy Spirit must do that work and we must invite him to do that work and be open to his working. If we are in rebellion against God and we're not really believing what we're reading, it will not benefit us and our growth will be stunted. And we know people like that. And if you're one, well then it's time to, it's time to turn back to God and have relationship with him and pray and bring the water into the meal, if you will. And that brings us to our next section, which is the water. Remember that this message is entitled Bread and Water. So we've got the bread. It's the Word of God. It's Jesus Christ. And now we're going to the water. We, our bodies need water even more than our bodies need food. Food's wonderful, but it doesn't do much good without a drink. And so just as the body needs bread, it also needs water. Our bodies as adults are at least 60% water. Kids around 70% water. Interesting how the surface of the earth is about 70% covered in water. I have no idea what the connection is there, but it's fun, isn't it? Your body can go maybe three to five days without water, and then you die. That's it. And so it's so important that we understand that food must be accompanied with drink, with water. And so we go to Exodus chapter 17. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 17, starting at verse 1. Exodus 17, 1. Remember all the children of Israel in chapter 16 were hungry. And so God said, okay, cool, watch this, bread from heaven. And now here in Exodus 17, well, they're thirsty. Oh man, thirsty. Have you ever been really thirsty before? Well, these people, they're in the desert and they're thirsty and their families are thirsty and their flocks are thirsty. So it says in verse 1, then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin according to the commandment of the Lord and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Verse 4, so Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, what shall I do with these people, Oive? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, and you shall strike the rock 
and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massa, meaning temptation, and Meribah, meaning contention, because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? You know, when, when we don't get our way, because they're not getting their way right away, and they're like, we're thirsty. Have you brought us out here to die, Moses? Lord, don't you love us? You're trying to kill us? And so they ask, is, is the Lord among us or not? And when we don't get our way, when we're going through a trial, or we're experiencing lack, we might find ourselves asking the same question. Lord, are you among us or not? And he says, yes, I am among you. I'm with you. I'm as close as your very breath. But you need to have faith, and you need to trust that that is true. And you just watch. I will provide. And he does. He does. And so Moses goes and he strikes that rock. Water comes out. And so it was a wonderful provision. It was life from the rock. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, gives commentary on this, and it says, All drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So we're told that Jesus is that rock. Jesus, of course, was smitten and broken for us, for our sins. And remember, they stabbed him with the, the spear. And what came out? Blood and water. Water. Jesus is the rock. And because he was wounded for our transgressions, life comes out. The life-giving water. And so if Jesus is the rock, then what is the water? Let's turn to John chapter 7 now. Remember, Exodus 17, water from the rock. John chapter 7 now. In verse 37, John 7, 37. It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast. Now this feast would have been the Feast of Tabernacles, and during the Feast of Tabernacles, the people will, would build booths out in the streets of Jerusalem, and they would not stay in their homes, but they would stay out in these booths, these temporary dwellings, to remember their ancestors in the wilderness and how they lived in tents out there. They're commemorating that time. And during this feast, in fact, each day of this feast, which lasted eight days, every day, the priests would come with large jugs, uh, empty containers of vessels, and they would go down to the, the pool of Bethesda, and they would fill them with water, and then they would go up to the temple, and they would pour out all these containers of water onto the ground and the water would then run down over the, the stones and the steps and so forth and all the people would remember the water that came from the rock. And according to David Gusick, it would seem that on that eighth day they did not do this though, but instead they would just 
pray for the water. And it would have been on this last day that Jesus here, it says, uh, again, we're in verse 37, second line or middle of the first sentence. It says, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. In the Greek, it's torrents of living water coming from their innermost being if they would come to Jesus and drink of the water that he has to offer him. Remember the woman at the well? And Jesus said, hey, if you drink this water, well, you're going to get thirsty again. But if you drink of the water that I will give you, the living water, you will never thirst again. When we found Jesus, there's no more searching. We're satisfied. And we just want to keep drinking from his fountain of living water. Psalm 42.1 says, Psalm 42.1 says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You see, in the psalmist there is, is saying, in order to satisfy my thirst, I need to be in the presence of God. His presence. The presence of the Holy Spirit is our drink, friends. The Holy Spirit is who brings us refreshment and encouragement and invigorates our lives and strengthens us to continue on, to be that witness for him in Jerusalem, Samaria, was it Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Isaiah 44, 3 says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. There's the prerequisite. <laughs> we just need to be thirsty. And floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your seed and my blessing upon your offspring. And so there's the promise of God for those who are thirsty. But what is this water that we're so spiritually craving and thirsty for? Verse 39, as we read on, it says, But this Jesus, he, Jesus, spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, referring to the day of Pentecost, when they were in that room, and the wind came, and the tongues of fire were on their head, and they began to speak with other tongues. And there were people from all over the world listening to these Galileans speaking in their own language, even though they had never learned that language. It was a miraculous sign from the Lord, and it was a visitation by the Holy Spirit who was given on that day. And then it says, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He had not yet ascended into heaven. But when he ascended into heaven, remember just before he did, he said, hey guys, I want you to go and wait for me. And then you're going to receive the promise of the Father. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So the bread needs to be received with water. Bread's not fun without water, without some kind of drink. 
In fact, we learn from the granola bar, it'll kill you. So we need both. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians 1, starting at verse 5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. And so they took in the word, the bread, they mingled it with faith, it was discerned by the Holy Spirit, it came in in the power of the Holy Spirit, And what was the result? They became examples. They lived it out. They lived it out. They were the witness that we are called to be because they took the word and they drank it with water, the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 20 says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So God confirms the word by his spirit. So we need the bread. We need the water. We want to be a church that is about not just bread, but also the water. And so how do we get the water? Well, we just ask. (laughs) Friends, you ask. In Numbers chapter 20, Moses is commanded to take the rod We can read it. Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron. Gather the congregation together because they're thirsty again. Speak to the rock before their eyes. And it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give them drink. Give drink to the congregation and their animals. And so instead of striking the rock, Moses is told simply speak to the rock. Simply ask the rock and the water will come out. Simply ask Jesus. He's already been smitten once. You don't have to smite him again. Hebrews 7.26, For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. And so Jesus did it once for all, and now it's a simple matter of asking, Jesus, can I have some water? And the rock will open up and provide the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Jesus is speaking. He says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Who ask? 
And so bread without water leads to only an academic exercise. And knowledge puffs up, Bible says. You know, when you're just learning, learning, getting knowledge and facts, but there's no relationship and there's no Holy Spirit in it, and you're just prideful about what you know. You want to brag to people about what you know about the Bible. Let me quote this scripture. Let me quote that scripture. Let me tell you about it. I know about that. And maybe we've been there. Maybe we've met people that are there. (laughs) And you're like, knowledge puffs up. But the Bible says love builds up. Love builds up. And this fruit of the Spirit is love. So the bread without the water is just an academic exercise leading to pride. The water without the bread leads to emotionalism and abuses of the gifts within the church. We need the Word of God. And we need the water of the Holy Spirit. We need both. You've been listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim in Anaheim, California. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to visit. Check out calvaryanaheim.org for location, service times, and more. We'd love to hear from you. To let us know how God has touched your life through this program or to submit a prayer request, simply go to calvaryanaheim.org and scroll down to the Get in Touch form at the bottom of the homepage. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next time for another edition of Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Anaheim.